You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 245. And I'm Mr. Dave's brother, and it's Tuesday, August 7th, 2018. Oh yeah, sorry, Layton, I forgot to warn you. Oh. Someone, someone left a little recording on our email. Mail at FrenchPressPodcast.com. Way to go. And Way to take my spot. It's not a secret who it was, it, because he said it. It's Mr. Dave's brother, and I don't think anyone would ever be confused about that. You guys are more similar brothers, I think, than definitely me and Theodore or Nicholas. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, Mr. Dave has the most Mr. Daviest brother ever. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> but one I thing get I, that a lot. One thing I'm not sure about, who is older? Because, do, do you know, Layton? I, I do. I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't. It would be embarrassing <laughs> if I was wrong. <laughs> who do you guys think is older? I think you're older. Yeah, you're older. I am, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, he is taller. Yes. Which, he once you're an taller. adult, it doesn't matter right. that much anymore. Right, yeah. It, it's kind of weird because we we both have little spheres of being like, Set like Menno famous, if that makes sense, because he worked as a computer tech at Mapletronics. Gotcha. And so all of your, and he also worked at Mullet Battery. So all of your kind of maybe more elderly Mennonites on like Goshen and on the east side of, of State Road 15 know him. Gotcha. And all of these like Napanee, Sandy Ridge, Berea Mennonites yep. know me. And so if he comes over here, People sometimes confuse him for me or be like, oh, you're Mr. Dave's brother. I was just over there on Sunday and had some people say, oh, are you the guy that fixes our computers? That sort of thing. So we both kind of have our spheres, but oh, there definitely is a separating line. So anyways. Very good. Who is the, the better loved? Oh, me. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I assume <laughs> that, that you would say that and that we have that kind of a... Our bubble helps with that love, too, I'm pretty sure. sure. The French press yeah. bubble. Yeah. This side of 15 is way better than the other side of 15. This side matters. Sure, yeah. I think we just lost half our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of bubbles, I was pouring out the old soda bottles, Layton, that you brought from a few weeks ago. Yeah. And the, the story's on our Instagram. I wasn't expecting anything to come out besides soda, right. know, just liquid. However, as I was pouring three of them out... I noticed there was three, they looked like beans. Uh, and at first I only saw the one, and I think it was the shell of the bean, and it kind of looked like snot. And I thought, oh, maybe the snot-flavored soda or alien snot was the one flavor. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one had a special goo in it. But as I looked closer, I saw there was three. And I think I didn't get a chance to dissect them much because we had to start recording but I think they're soybeans is what it looks like. Ruben, I think what happened, what you thought you saw and what actually happened are two very different things. And I'm pretty sure Jeff is smiling with glee right now because I'm pretty sure that last week when you and I were sticking to business and putting out good content on the podcast, Jeff was sitting where Mr. Dave's sitting now and just tossing, just plopping a bean in a coffee bean in each one, or was it a pea? I think it's a pea. He dropped a pea. <laughs> As I was finishing this story, I looked, I glanced <laughs> over, and I saw the container of dried peas that that we were snacking. You know, I just had an idea for the giveaways for the 
the live event, you could give away some of this leftover food that's here in, you know, the cricket bites are here, if you guys remember that. Um, there's some fun dips from Valentine's Day. I don't think A we've certain had that uncle yet. did not eat his. Um, anyway, so those would be things that you could give away. <laughs> this is serious memorabilia. Exactly. Is. That is a good idea. We'll definitely give it away because I wouldn't want to charge anyone for this. No. Right. right. Um, but that is a good idea, Mr. Dave. I, I like that. In fact, maybe we just have a sampling plate, kind of like an appetizer plate. Ooh. And people could come up and try a cricket. Or divorce. Try a Genuine, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how you say that, right? Sure. Yeah. Anyway, you've probably heard, heard by now that Jeff is not on today's podcast. He's no longer with us. Thank goodness. No. But him leaving made room for Mr. Dave. Yes. So we're all excited That's about that. That's the best that. swap ever. <laughs> ever. Well, thank you. And of course, Mr. Dave is here to share another weird story from history. Um, so let's start with that. Another weird story right. from history with Mr. Dave. And then we'll have a little bit of sad news, I think, towards the end of the episode. All right. Uh, way to hype them up for me, Ruben. Thank you. Um, so a, one uh, quick note. Um, my wife and I took a, were in Boston a couple weeks ago, and we took a Fenway Park tour, uh, which was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Wait, um, wait, you took a Fenway Park tour? Yes. Oh. Because we were a little too cheap to pay for the actual tickets. We had a two-year-old along, so we decided, well, we'll do the tour. Sure. I didn't and, even know they offered a tour. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was... Ours was probably 100 people. They actually like split it in half because it was so big. And they do them hourly every day. So it was a pretty popular wow. um, thing. But it was a really in-depth tour. I mean, we traipsed all over the ballpark for more than an hour. Um, Including it from, out on the field? Not on the field. But we were in the press box up on top of the Green Monster here and there around the stadium. So if you're a baseball fan in Boston, definitely worth your time. I think Wrigley Field does them. Other places do them too. So... Check that I did out. Not certainly. know that. I feel like I missed out on my honeymoon. Yeah, it was it was a really good tour. One of the weird things was that the park is old enough that when they wanted to open it, that same day was the day that the Titanic had sunk, and so they actually delayed opening Fenway Park because the Titanic had sunk and everyone was mourning. Um, and the other cool thing in Boston was I did find the plaque from the Great Molasses Flood. It's, yes, it's oh and I, I'll send a picture and it can be uploaded. Oh, that is um, awesome! But yeah, it, it's just a small plaque stuck to a park. But uh, anyways, that I, was kind of. I cool. did the only thing that I really think that's really remnant. Oh my! But it was kind of cool to be able to then visualize a forty-foot wave of molasses, and it's in a pretty old section, so you can kind of still get that feel. That's cool. Um, so that was pretty cool. Layton was supposed to. Hey, to, to find some of those things while he was down. there. Pipe down, Ruben. And I understand that, you know, finding the that plaque about the molasses spill wasn't the most important thing on your mind. It wasn't. I get it. But I was still hoping that you would come through for us. Uh, another tip. Um, by the second day in Boston, we, hit, we were kind of just tired. We had been traveling for a while at that point. Um, and so we decided to go ahead and spend the little extra money and do one of those one day bus tours, the hop on hop off. And that is an excellent way. If you just have one quick day to see a city or like, I like to see all this different stuff, but not sure which one to do. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to see it because then you can let's hop on hop off. So there's none of this traipsing around and figuring out the subway. You just get off the bus and go to the thing, come back. And then if you want to sit on the bus for a while and you know, make your way through the town. So it was a really good way. And it was the, there's the, you know, the guy, the driver's giving you the tour 
explaining things as he goes too. So it's a good way to kind of get a feel for a town as if you just have one day. Do you stay on that same bus or are there other, could you stay at a stop longer and wait for another bus to come? Yeah. So the buses are continually rotating through. So that is the one downside. We had one tour guide who was, who was really interesting, but we only had him for a short time because then we got off. So when we got back on, I mean, kind of, can be hit or miss with your tour guides, but it was still a good experience. Definitely worth the. I think it was around forty bucks a person. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying this is necessarily your dream job, but Mr. Dave, I think you do very well as a bus tour guide. I it or, would or, be a lot of fun. Or tour guide in general. Yeah, but you have a, a nice, powerful voice, um, and you're great with remembering stories and details. Right. I, I, I think could. You do I well. could see you uh, doing a bus tour. For Napanee, embrace the pace. That'd, that'd be fun, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Except last... it's, it would be a hayride instead of a bus tour. Yeah, uh, that is that is something I would definitely... If I lived in a city or close to a city, that would probably be a job I'd look into, some kind of tour guide or something. That'd be a lot of fun. So. Wanna tour. Yeah. A tour of Shipshawana. Hey, another short thing. Yes. Up in Michigan, uh-huh. um, somewhere just over the border... Um, this Amish guy opened what he's calling Amish Uber. And so it's a buggy. He printed out the Uber logo. Oh, my no. goodness. And stuck it to the side of his buggy. <laughs> and for five bucks, he'll take you anywhere you want to go. Now, he's he's not on the app. Okay. But he, he's just like, you know, goes around town with a buggy that says Uber on the side of it. And you can get buggy rides. And to... he picks up English people. Yeah. Not Amish. Picks people up and, okay. and will take you kind oh, of where you want to go. Great. So, oh. anyways, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not sure if it's a full-time thing. There was, I think, a festival or something there over the weekend, and so that was what he was doing. But gotcha. Anyways. That That's hilarious. Cool. All right. Well, today's story um, actually comes from um, Nicholas suggested this one. So shout out to him. Um, but it's called The Watermelon War. And this one took place in April of 1856 uh, in Panama City. It wasn't actually in Panama then. Um, it, the country was called the Republic of New Granada. Um, and so Panama was more of a state back then. But uh, anyway, so throughout the 1800s, we, as the, the state started to realize how important Panama was to traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast. Because the, the Midwest and, you know, the Rocky Mountains, all of that was really difficult to travel. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that developed at that point. And so, but people were wanting to get to the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the gold rushes, that sort of thing. And so more and more, we realize, if, if you don't know geography, uh, Panama is a very skinny country in Central America. And so that's a good crossing point to cross from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Cut, I think it cuts off several months of travel if you go all the way down around South America on a boat. And so a lot of people were starting to travel across there. And so the U.S. was, of course, uh, pretty powerful back then um, as a world force and mm-hmm. so we thought well let's you know kind of step in and you know make sure our interests are being served here mm-hmm. and so um they had made a treaty with new granada the the country that panama was part of and they they said the united states could intervene to kind of make sure it stays neutral you know that way another country doesn't take over suddenly so gotcha. the u.s was supposed to be just kind of making sure that anybody could use it um and also kind of um it just gradually became 
will protect American interests for sure against anything, not just totally neutral. Um, so what the the concern then in 1855 and then 1856 was the Panama Railway. So this is way before the Panama Canal okay. was built. And so they connected the two sides with a railway. So it was a five-hour train ride mm. across the isthmus, I guess is how you say it. The isthmus. The, uh, the isthmus. So they um, they were really protecting that, but of course, the more protection that you give, that means more soldiers hmm. in a foreign country. And so those nationals who now suddenly their lives are being overtaken by American soldiers, American travelers, that sort of thing, didn't really like it. And so things had been getting pretty tense. And so on the morning of April 15th, 1856, there was a U.S. ship called the Illinois um, that had about 1,000 passengers. And I'm not sure which end. It was the opposite side from Panama City. I'm not sure if it was west to east or, or vice versa. But there were about 1,000 people that were, were going to get off the ship on one side, take the train ride across to the other side, load the other ship, and then keep going to where they wanted to go. Gotcha. And so now the Illinois these, got in were pretty these early. Americans? This would have been Americans, yes. Okay. Traveling from, I think, East Coast to the West Coast is my understanding. Okay. And so um, the Illinois gets in early, so they have some time before the train ride. So they say, all right, well, let's let's see what kind of stores we have here in this town. And the town was known for a certain street called Bottle Avenue, which was filled with bars. And so all these people were like, hey, let's, you know, it's mostly businessmen. We got nothing else to do today. Let's start drinking. So they start drinking, get pretty drunk. Then they finally get on their train, uh, on their five-hour train ride, and continue to drink throughout the train ride. And so by the time they get to Panama City, they're fairly sloshed. Okay. Now, the other problem was in Panama City, they didn't actually have any wharfs large enough where the big the big ships could dock actually in the city so the ships would dock in an island out from the city and then you would just get ferried back and forth by a smaller boat okay those smaller boats could only operate it when it was high tide and it was low tide hmm. so these passengers who have been drinking once they got off the ship drinking on their train right across the the isthmus and then now they have more time so they continue to drink oh my and so they get absolutely plastered Oh. And uh, then they decide, all right, well, let's, let's, you know, it's it's about time to head down to get on the ferry. So they come stumbling out. <laughs> and uh, one American, uh, his name was Jack Oliver. And he, he's walking through the streets down towards the, the, the ferry dock. And he comes to a guy uh, named Jose Manuel Luna. Now, he was a native of Panama who's selling watermelon. Five cents a slice. So Oliver grabs a piece of the watermelon, eats it, and then says, no, I'm not paying for it. I'm not going to pay for this five-cent slice of watermelon. Absolutely not. And, and so we're not – this is one of those things where you're never really sure kind of what order things happen. But basically, the vendor yells at Oliver, pulls out a knife. Uh-oh. And at, at some point, one of Oliver's friends – you know, there, there's a – group of them mm. um and one of them pulls out a nickel and like throws it to the guy's face and the vendor keeps yelling and then oliver pulls out a gun uh-oh so he brought a he brought a gun to a knife fight um and so the vendor starts running but another native panamanian who was there um grabs oliver and like tackles him 
you know, seeing the gun out. It's like, well, you're okay. not going to do that. So he tackles him. Well, as they're struggling, the gun goes off. Oh. And a native gets shot. Uh-oh. Yeah. Fatally? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think he was one of the fatalities. Uh-oh. But he gets wounded. Foreboding. And and remember, the tensions were very high here between the natives and the Americans. And so now there's, you know, all these drunk American businessmen in their town. They're frustrated with it. It's just a bad situation. And so, of course, a riot just immediately breaks out. Of course, you have gunshots. You now have a wounded native. And so Panamanians are coming in, and they're... They're getting frustrated, and, and they start, you know, shooting the Americans, and nobody, you know, really knows what the whole story is, but you just see this brawl happening. And so this was kind of an outlet now for the natives to take out their um, aggression. And so they started beating up these American travelers, robbing them. Are they all um, drunk? Yeah, and they're drunk, so it's a fairly easy mark, oh. you know, to, to rob them, Talk to beat them up. beating someone while they're down. Yeah, and, and so, and, and <laughs> I mean, and this got to the point of, like, Looting American hotels, destroying buildings. Oh I mean, my. there was massive destruction here in Panama City. Um, so, so they're going after more than just the travelers themselves, right? It was kind of it started that way, and then it okay. just this anti-American sentiment built up. Okay, and so the into poli- a full-blown riot. Absolutely. Okay, sweet. So the police come, right? <laughs> the the Panamanian police come, and then they get hit. One of them gets hit by a bullet. From an American, possibly, or from a native, we're not really sure. They get hit by a bullet, and they're like, well, that's it. I'm done. We're going to join the riot, too. So the cops are now rioting along with, I mean, they were probably also frustrated. And so now the cops are rioting. There's down down at the train station, um, there's a train agent locked inside, frantically, like, telegraphing for help, saying, hey, all you other trains that are coming in, heads up, there's a riot, we need help, we need soldiers, etc. Um... Fortunately, that telegraph gets through before the mom actually pulls down the telegraph poles and are trying to use it as a battering ram to get into the train station. Um, now I'm not, I don't think they were successful, but it would have been pretty scary. And so finally, a train comes with some, like the railroad cops, marshals, I don't know what you would call them. Um, and they were actually led by a guy named Randolph Runnels, whose nickname was The Hangman. Ooh. And he, he, he was kind of a legend among the the uh, Panamanians, and so they really respected him. And so once once they realize he's there, his guys are there. They fire a couple shots at the mob, and that kind of disperses it, and they run for cover. Um, in the end, throughout the riot, fifteen Americans were killed, wow, and okay. two Panamanians, and then another twenty nine people total were wounded out of this mob. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> Of course, this brings up some diplomatic issues, um, and actually, a couple months later, American troops actually invaded Panama um, and just taking control of some of these areas. And they finally ended up working out a, a treaty, which basically said, "Okay, the U.S. can have some naval bases here. Um, the U.S. is going to take over the railway, that sort of thing." And I think they were forced to pay. New Granada was forced to pay four hundred twelve thousand dollars in gold. For the damages uh, from the riot, um, just based on the buildings, injuries, all that kind of stuff. And essentially what this led to um, was eventually the Panama Canal, because this event gave the Americans kind of the, the opportunity to say, hey, we need more control 
you guys are out of control. Mm-hmm. We need more control. And so if you follow some of that Panama Canal history, um, the U.S. actually controlled that until 1999 um, when we turned it over back over to the, the uh, citizens of Panama. So hence the watermelon war. Wow. It just goes to show how quickly uh, things can escalate. Mm-hmm. And what's the proverb? Uh, uh, um, kind, uh, all I can think of is kind words stir up anger, but it's not that way. Uh, a quick answer. Turneth away wrath. No, not a quick answer. A, a slow answer. Yes, a quick answer. answer. A soft answer. Turns away wrath. Yeah. Grievous words stir up anger. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I guess in this case, it wasn't necessarily grievous words, but maybe just grievous little actions, what mm. seemed like a small thing, not paying five cents for a piece of watermelon. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, it's, it's just funny. Like, I know that we can't, uh, like, show videos like on the podcast, obviously this is an audio, but when you said watermelon war, this is the GIF or the video. Oh yeah. Mm, yes, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have seen that. Yeah. So should they just it's Google so or YouTube rude. watermelon war? Watermelon well, it's, or it's watermelon launch, and it's from the Amazing Race. Yeah, is what it comes. I I just I can't imagine though the pain of taking a watermelon oh. to the face. Oh, I can't imagine your it just face being dropped on my head. <laughs> oh my stars! Is that uh, where the word uh, pandemonia comes from? What happened there? That's a great question. <laughs> Pandemonium. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Again, like, I never even did. Did you, did you ever hear? This is how. The Panama Canal. I heard about the Panama Canal before, mm-hmm. but I never heard. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you heard about I've that. Heard of, before. I heard of South America as well. At some point, mm-hmm. I heard I never, of a train. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere. Another fact: um, during the building of the Panama Canal between French, the French, and the Americans who were building it, twenty-five thousand people died. Now, a lot of that was disease. Um, cause they sent them down to the jungles and they had all these jungle fevers and things that they, you know, were not immune to. Gotcha. But 25,000 people died between that and accidents and yeah. How, how many people were working down there? That's a good question. I don't know. But Man. I mean, it could How long did it take That's still a lot of people. Yeah. It couldn't have been 10 million people. Yeah. No, oh. no, I'm sure it wasn't. Um, I'm not sure about that either. All right. It's fine. We we can't expect you to know everything about the Panama Canal. All right, we. But that's uh, a really good story. Thanks. We've got some other topics to get to. Yes, thank you, Mr. Dave. The sad news that I alluded to was that uh, this might be Mr. Dave's last podcast for a while. <gasps> Don't tell me it's not true, Ruben. Well, Tell me it's not true. I, ju- I asked him earlier, and that's unless he changed his mind in the last fifteen minutes. Can we take a poll? <laughs> <laughs> Can we make that a poll question? I will vote from every computer I own. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no, it's I, I really enjoy doing these, but um, yeah, with the responsibilities at school, I just it, it's sorry. It's okay. It's not gonna well, work. If you ever change your mind. Uh, during the, the year, let us know. We'll, prob- I mean, we'll bug you again when it gets sure. close to the end of school year if we don't hear from you. Sounds good. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, we're pretty much, you're quitting for the school year. Right. 
Right. Uh, there's a chance that we'll have you on next summer. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I should have clarified. You like <laughs> for all eternity. Hereforth, there should be a mutiny. Uh, we did have a <laughs> no, question. No, nothing that drastic. Okay, good. Uh, we did have a question about the the live podcast of the French Fest, and that is going to happen. French haven't, Fest 2018. Haven't nailed down the date or the venue exactly yet. We haven't. Not totally, but we're gotcha. close. We're getting there, and it it will happen. I thought we already announced the date. Well, we just said that it might be happening around that time. That's typically okay. Fine. Yes, we did give a date, <laughs> but I'm backpedaling a little bit. Okay. All right. So it is no longer. It may may be. I'm just saying it will happen. I don't know exactly when. We're trying for this year sometime. <laughs> This year. So that we can still call it French Fest 2018. Right. At some point, at some place, French Fest is supposed to happen. Tell oh. your friends and bring everyone. Yeah, tell your friends that there's something going on somewhere in 2018. All right. <laughs> that's all we know for now. Clear your calendar. That, that's all we can con- That's all we can confirm. I can't say confirm. Confirm. Uh, Layton, why don't you tell us a little bit about your new friend? Your new responsibility. Your my new little bundle of joy. My little beast of burden. Ah, oh, man. I traveled for many hours. Over 12, actually. twelve Over 12 hours to a place that raises these things. And when I got there, I was not disappointed. I got the most lovable little furball. His name is Crip Tonight. Crip Tonight? I call him Crip. It's, it's, the full name is Crip Tonight, but I call him Crip for short. Me and my wife do. Okay. Uh, and he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Rottweiler. Um, and we brought him home with us uh, Sunday, this past Sunday. So a few days. Yep. We've had him for two days now. At home for two days now. And so far, it hasn't been too bad. It hasn't all been smooth. Uh, there's, some, there's been some, some rough pots, some, from, <laughs> some rough spots. I'm um, really curious how it is having a child and being responsible for a child and the extra responsibility of that compared to an animal that is staying in the house and does need your attention. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Mr. Dave, you're kind of experienced yes. in this. How do you get your child to poop in one spot outside by the tree? <laughs> Just a lot of training. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Are you so guys we have yet? a couple different trees, um, okay. so we're kind of trying to narrow it down to one. Yeah. Uh, our, our neighbors have asked us to switch to the other one, so it's it's a little rough. Gotcha. Do you wear gloves, or did you just kind of use a bag? <laughs> a to... Walmart bag? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the best. Very good. Amazon has these cool little, like, tiny little roll-up bags. Mm. You could buy, like, 900 of them for 30 bucks. Do they have any, you know, like, they have those little, like, grabbers that you, you know, can reach something on a high shelf. Do they have any of those with a bag attached to it that you could reach with the grabber? And just pick it up with the bag. The closest thing that I've seen to that is just a a scoop with like a mouth on it, mm. but it doesn't have a bag like integrated gotcha. with it. Gotcha. So you'd have to eventually clean the scoop. Mm. Um, 
I thought I've the seen it is, either. I have, an, I have another question then. Yeah, I think ahead. I think I've maybe seen it in a movie or maybe it was an ad or, or something where it is a device that has a a grabber to grab the poop, but also a bag attached to the end of it so that it doesn't get poop on your scooper or grabber. That that would be nice. But I haven't I haven't looked for one. That'd be nice. I don't mind just reaching into the bag and then like grabbing the poo mm-hmm. and then pulling it inside out. I don't, I don't mind that. In fact, I, I think during the winter months it'll be especially nice because it'll be nice and warm. Mm, right. Warm you, you could even like stick it in your pocket and keep it there for a while. Like mush it. Yeah. Is, it, is this at all how it was? I mean, you've cared for elderly people as well. I mean, are there any similarities? Them to dogs. No. And as I started, I kind of regretted it. <laughs> like, like this, is going, this is going south way too fast. <laughs> I caught myself in the mirror and I thought, mm, maybe. Once again, backpedaling. There's Fre- French Fest is happening at some point in 2018. Please come. Even the elderly. Uh, another question. How did you get your child to get used to the collar? Because my dog hates the collar. He's always scratching it. How do you get him to just like leave it alone and just trust it? I found if you if you take about a s- stick of butter or maybe a stick and a half <laughs> and just really kind of rub down the neck area gotcha. and the collar. It's mm. important to do both mm. separately. Could uh, you do lotion instead or does it have to be butter? It, it has to be butter. <laughs> uh, and it needs to be the unsalted. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, that's what has worked for us. Okay. Wow. I didn't even know there was salted butter. Yeah. Most of it is. <clears throat> what it's about hard to find unsalted. With Leroy, we just got him back from the vet. Uh, he stayed overnight a few days. He had to get his uh, his ears trimmed because they came floppy. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, how did you deal with that situation? Well, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Ears. Um, just a lot of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell him it's for his own good. Right. Yeah. yeah was... You'll thank me one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Blade, I understand there was some confusion about the name of your dog. Yeah, so Kryptonite. Ruben, do you know what Kryptonite is from? Um, yeah, it's from Superman. It's the a rock or an, a mineral or something that is Superman's only weakness. Right, and it, do you know kill him. why that's his only weakness? Because it's from his planet? You're exactly right. His from, it's from his, the, the planet of Krypton. I wasn't going to, like, when people hear kryptonite, they automatically think of Superman. And my, I did not think, like, oh, I'm a huge Superman fan, so I want to name my dog kryptonite. I did not go the Superman route. That was not, not my intention at first when naming my dog. Uh, I was originally going to name him after one of, like, the elements on the periodic table of elements. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really cool names on there, like Radeon, Neon, uh, Gallium. Uh, Einsteinium. What? Einsteinium. I'm pretty sure that's on there. The, you're probably right. Um, there was one other one, Tungsten. Mm. I know that I really like the name Tungsten, especially. I, I think it's like the hardest uh, metal. It sounds, like, it sounds like a Viking name. Yeah. But my wife didn't like the name because... She said she was afraid of like how 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 do we shorten that, like tongue? That's just mm-hmm. weird. It's just not good. Anyway, so and then there was um, 
Krypton is is the name of a that that is one of the elements. Mm. Um, and I looked it up, and it comes from the Greek word uh, Kryptos, which means the hidden one. Um, and I think it's called that because uh, Krypton is a gas that's mixed with other gases usually uh, for like signs, like neon signs and stuff mm. like that. Um, of course, neon is its own element. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I think that's why it's called the hidden one is because it is like just kind of mixed in with the other gases. Uh, so I, and I kind of like the name Krypton. Uh, and then I did some more research, and then I did know about kryptonite. Um, and just through all that, the, so so finding krypton on the periodic table of elements kind of got us started with that's how that's what led us to kryptonite. Sort of. Did you have the name picked out before you had the dog, or was it one of those like let's look at it first and then kind of feel it out from there? We were originally going to wait. Mm-hmm. until uh, we actually met him and kind of try to see what kind of dog he is and what his characteristics are and then try to get something from that. Uh, but that's what we were going to do originally. But then in the course of trying to figure out a name, we just thought, like, you know, kryptonite fits us so well. And, and it, like, for a long time, it wasn't I, – I, when we first got married, I was definitely opposed to getting a dog. And then – the more that one of my coworkers uh, really loves Wattweilers, he's got five of them, one for each family member. <clears throat> he has five at the same time? Yes. Yes. Uh, and he started talking to me about him, and all, then also my wife, she grew up with a Rottweiler. And so it just all slowly wore me down, and then pretty soon, like, this dog became my kryptonite. It's my one weakness. <sighs> no, you guys live in town, home. correct? Yes. So is there a fence? Is no. it just going to be in the house? He's going to be in the house probably most of the time. We're, we have some rigorous training that we need to do. I need to start obedience school. Speaking, speaking of which. Speaking of which. Uh, speaking of which. Yeah, my wife took our dog, Leroy, to obedience school uh, for the first time last night. And came away really excited. Good. I definitely, definitely encourage you, Layton, to to go do it. It's not that expensive, okay. And it's at least the place where we're going. I think it's for six weeks. Uh, once a week, we go there for an hour, hour and a half, and then work on things during the week. So it's almost like obedience school. You would think. I thought it was like training for your dog, when actually, it's a school to train you how to train your dog. Pretty much. See, I'm just wondering why they don't have this for like toddlers. Well, you know what I mean. I think maybe we call it's them like schools. the Bible or preschool or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, why, why can't I take my toddler once a week and like learn how to, you know, train him and potty train and all that kind of stuff? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is a lot of that. What is Carmen? Um, she when she got at home last night from from dog obedience school, puppy obedience school. She told me there was this other Doberman there that was was beautiful. He's about two weeks older than Leroy and just taller and just looked just awesome. And she, she admitted to me that she had a little bit of puppy envy and was a little bit worried about what if Leroy, you know, what, what if he's going to end up being scrawny and weak. And it just like all these questions going through her mind 
And I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that uh, it's gonna you know pass in in no time. But it is something too that I've wondered as well because we didn't know this this uh, breeder very this where we got Leroy from. Oh, I'm, I'm not worried, but shoot. I'm not worried generally, but it has crossed my mind. What if he is? What if he's five years old and and we think he's ten weeks old? Oh my goodness, uh, Mr. Dave, can you speak into this? What do you do when you see someone else's child, and you get a little bit of like baby envy and think like, what if my baby at five months isn't near as strong or as intelligent or well behaved or well behaved as this other child? What do you? Well, here's the thing. My child is is virtually perfect. Gotcha. And so that really hasn't been an issue uh, for us. Gotcha. Well, so then, okay, coming at it from the opposite, from, from, from you know, if Ruben's someone, on one side, you're on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if someone, like, has envy towards your child? Gotcha. What, do you, like, fend them off with a stick? What What have you had to do? Yeah, we, we've had to um, change the lock several times. Um, <laughs> there And there's a couple um, restraining orders out there. There's there's been some. So stalkers, these are people but... that you have given in the past, given your given keys to your home. Then I mean, are, are these family members that you're a little bit worried about? You can never be too sure. <laughs> you can never be too sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Ruben, don't worry. You don't need to worry about anyone stealing your dog. You know, I I think there there can be a little bit of that as far as like oh I I, I think for me it's more um, hoping that he's maybe not like doesn't have certain characteristics that I see. Um, and I do think too that when it's, it, it is a little bit different when it's like your biological or and I, and I shouldn't even say biological. Um, if it's your child, mm-hmm. if it's the there's child definitely a little more of a connection there. Right. Yep. Whether it's, it's biological or adopted, whatever it there's, there's definitely they are who they are. Is a, so a it's a barrier with it being a different species. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I would hope there's a barrier. There should uh, be yes, a barrier. Yes. Uh, These, a, yeah. a limit to how much you care for your dog. Right, right. And how much you care for your child. I think one of my favorite moments with Leroy has been after he got his ears cut, He uh, we had some strong meds for him, and mm-hmm. I have to get up in the middle of the night to take him out to go to the bathroom because he's young enough yet that he doesn't doesn't hold it together. Anyway... I went out there to take him, and I see him just laying there um, completely still. And I was a little bit worried because he didn't look like – he wasn't in a – he wasn't lying like he does normally when he sleeps. Mm. He was lying completely on his side with all four <laughs> limbs kind of straight out. Oh. And not on his blanket, just on the the, on the wood. Mm. That's <laughs> concerning. So I got over there and looked at him, and his eyes were open. <laughs> Oh my! And I was a little bit worried that I moved him. And he was still warm and and he wasn't stiff, and uh, <laughs> so so at least he's not dead. But yes, his his eyes were open, and I don't, I couldn't tell if they were looking at me or just looking straight ahead. Mm. But he was definitely somewhere else and having a, a pretty relaxing time. <laughs> I, to, to try to get him to take him out, I I lifted him up a little mm-hmm. bit, and then kind of like let him go back down to try to get him on his feet, and he just collapsed. But then after a little bit of, after a few minutes, he did. Uh, Were you a little bit feet. worried? Like, 
I think he's dying. There was a moment, but then as soon as I could feel that he was still warm, then, then I wasn't then I wasn't too worried. Good. See, I I struggle enough get and I I do very little of this, but getting up with with my child. But if they're like getting up to help a dog go out and use the facilities out in the yard, that's n- no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like I, <laughs> well, you just don't care that's, enough. That's no, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I really okay. don't. It's I, okay. It's okay. I, I totally get it, and and I know that it's crazy, but I feel like in a way, in a way, having a pet before you have a child gets gives you like the tiniest little taste mm-hmm. of like. Oh, I'm so miserable, and I'm doing this for this thing that I'm supposed to take care of. Right. This thing of dread. Right. Like, I now know that I can't come home and just, like, collapse on the couch. Mm. Like, I have to, like, have energy and, like, put forth effort. And, like, I've heard that a lot. I I, I heard it from... Cousin per- Shane? No, uh, from uh, SMBI professor Frank Reed. Um <laughs> Uh, he said, "Men, your day starts when you come home from work. Mm-hmm. That's when your day starts. So don't be one of those men that comes home and is totally disengaged and thinks like I, I, I don't need this. I don't, I, I don't need. I don't have to put up with like trying to to uh, be engaged in my kids' lives when I get home. I've put in a full day's work. I've done my responsibility, and now I, I unplug." Now I just fall asleep on the couch, and it's just my wife's responsibility to take care of everything mm-hmm. because she's the keeper of the home. That was my miniature. Your little sermon rant. I'm tired. Would you agree You're with that? You're not even. Oh, one hundred percent. Okay. Uh, and in that, and I will and say I'm sure this that's too. A like lot harder than what I say it is. It, it is. Mean, it is definitely difficult. Uh, I'm getting tired. Just hearing that made me kind of tired. <laughs> Did you like yawn? No, well, my eyes got more tired. Gotcha. My lids got heavier. <laughs> uh, he was in a catatonic state. <laughs> so arms and legs were out. I kicked him a couple times to make sure he was still with us. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, we don't have... Any more planned content? I have I have more that I could talk about as far as the trip down, okay. uh, but I could save it for next week. What are we at? We're we're at four over forty minutes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Stop the podcast. <laughs> we're, we don't want our listeners' ears to get fat with content. <laughs> fat lobes. Um, Might have to trim them. Mm, yeah, Ruben, you could tell us how to at least. After they're trimmed, how to prop them up and stuff, <laughs> make them look normal again. Uh, thank you, Mr. Dave, for coming sure. on the podcast. I did hear uh, another listener told me this week that they really enjoy when you're on the podcast, your stories. I know, uh, I think all of our all of our listeners do. So thank you for putting in the effort. Sure. It is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know <laughs> from watching and listening. Thanks. And and be oh oh, I think you're talking about it's a lot of work. I thought you were talking about that it's a lot of work to come onto the podcast. <laughs> well, preparing. Was, oh, yeah. The story. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? I thought you were talking about, like, you were – I thought you were saying that it's a lot of work with with being involved with school and then oh, well, also that trying too. to come onto the podcast. And, and I agree you're right. And then I realized, oh, you're you're talking about – I'm for the just story. talking about the podcast, let, oh. let alone, yes. To... We know how hard it is to prepare <laughs> for this podcast. And, yeah, it's a – ton of work and a big commitment 
especially planning French Fest. Oh, we don't even have that nailed down yet. But it's going to happen in 2018. Well, that means a lot coming from you. Anytime. Leighton, what is the point? Uh, the point is uh, Isthmus of Panama is point number one. <laughs> point number two, don't drink all day and throw a nickel at a vendor. We learned that from the watermelon war. Point number three, a stick of unsalted butter can get a baby used to a collar. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, point number four, Carmen has puppy envy. And point number five, Jeff was gone this week, and the content was just as good, if not better than ever. And what is our word of the week? Uh, word of the week. Watermelon? <laughs> <laughs>